Hello, Auburn family. This is Jason Campbell, former Auburn quarterback, part of the Own to Victory NIL Collective. Uh, we, you are in for a special treat. This is our first episode of the Own to Victory podcast. Uh, you have been waiting for this. We've been waiting for this. This is going to be an exciting time for our collective and exciting time for our subscribers and uh, anyone that wants to be a part of the Auburn family. So, you know, I have alongside me Brett Whiteside, who is our executive director at Own to Victory. And uh, we're looking forward to, to bringing you behind the scenes and behind the shields of our players and coaches weekly. So on our first episode, we will have the treat to bring you Coach Hugh Freeze, the new head football coach of Auburn University. Also, Maddie Penta, 2022 All-SEC first team, right-hand pitcher for our softball women's team. And then we will bring to you head softball coach Mickey Dean. Also, you know, a guy that you want to hear from because they're trying to do something special for our Auburn softball team. And Brett Whiteside will let you know what has just happened for our softball team uh, from the from the women's perspective. Yeah, Jason, this is going to be a great podcast. We're excited about it. It's something that we've been planning for a while. I'm excited about you being the host and you and you doing every episode. The first thing I'd like to address is you have such a nicer background than I do. I guess that's what you get when you're a first round draft pick. Huh? Hey, you know, hey, I'm always about the office, Brett. You know, I always said I got to have a good office at the house. And uh, and that's what it's about, man, putting the background back there. But understanding that, you know, I'm just excited that you guys brought me on to on to victory. Like like I said, it's a new time and new era in college sports for our student athletes. And, you know, me being a former student athlete and, and playing at the highest level in the NFL, having an opportunity to bring back a lot of things that I've learned. Uh, to our student athletes i just think it's going to be something special but also to let our kids know that you know this is a gift you know people that that give to nil you know are hard-working people everyday people that that you know they have jobs and uh and and have lives and lives and different things but they choose to support you know this program because they want to support our student athletes and take as much pressure and stress off of them as they possibly can so we thank you for your generosity Absolutely. You know, first thing, Jason, you've just done a phenomenal job in your role. Uh, it's been extremely important for you to have the background that you've had being a professional athlete and then being able to relate to our current student athletes and to be able to talk to them about that. You know, you talked about uh, the NIL deals that, that they've been receiving and been offered. I've seen nothing but appreciation. You know, I think our student athletes have been appreciative of the support that they've received. Um, and it's all thankful, uh, all thanks to our subscribers. Um, and we're and we appreciate everyone who has been a part of On to Victory so far. And we hope that those of you that are that are listening today and have not joined us yet, that you'll consider that because we're doing great things. You know, I, I joked about my office. You know, here I am, uh, but but I can't have the nice office that you have because. All of the money that we receive goes directly to our student athletes, and that's the way it should be. We're not spending any money on, on nice, nice furnishings over here. But, you know, I want to talk a little bit about what Onda Victory is. Uh, for those of you that are unaware of us, Onda Victory is an NIL collective that was formed by seven Auburn grads, and they do it for the love of Auburn. None of them receive any compensation. They're not paid for their time. They have put a ton of time and effort into creating this collective. We ensure that at least 90% of every donation that we receive goes directly to the student athletes. So we have an operations cost of 10% and everything that we do within our operational costs are there to support our athletes. 
We've got a building right here on campus that makes it convenient for them to come in. We provide services like withholding taxes for our student athletes and remitting that to the IRS and to the state quarterly so they don't run into any issues. So everything we're doing, we're trying to do it to support our student athletes. And then lastly, we're doing everything with transparency and compliance with the rules. We recently had a meeting with John Cohen and Rich McGlynn to learn some recent NCAA guidance. Everything we do, we're going to do it through the front door of the university, and we want to be great partners. We've joined with them as a corporate partner, but we have a great relationship there, and you can trust that the things that we're doing are supporting our programs the right way. Uh, we would all love for NIL to maybe look a little different, but this is how it is set up, and I'm very confident that we've set this collective up to be uh, set up for success and to support our athletes at a really high level. And Brett, what a lot of people don't realize is, you know, your background as well. You know, you graduated from Auburn. You know, you lived in Auburn. You're your wife and, and you know, y'all are back here in Auburn. And, you know, you went, you left and went to Missouri and then you end up coming back. You know, Auburn reached out and you was more than more than 100 percent all in to come back and, and be a part of this collective. So, you know, we appreciate your support as well. And like I said, being a former Auburn person means a lot. Like we always say, you know, you love Auburn, Auburn love you back, you know, and uh and that's what we're all about is trying to build this program the right way. But NIL is not just about giving. You know, what we're trying to do as well is educate our young people, you know, before they get out into the real world, you know, educate them about finances, educate them about, you know, charity, uh, you know, building relationships with people, you know, not just being a taker, but also learn how to be a giver one day. Um, and uh, those are things that we're educating our young people about and uh, through our through our NIL collective. And. Like I said, it, it takes a whole village to make this thing operate. You know, everyone has a has a part in this and a piece that they have to that they have to take care of. And, you know, that's what it's all about. And that's how you build a well run machine. And I think right now we have one of the better NIL collectives, you know, in the country. And uh, like I said, we like to thank the, the seven board members and the, the people that got this thing started. Uh, in the beginning, you know, because it was just dropped out of the midair and just said, hey, here's 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 NIL and name, image and likeness. And here you go. And a lot of people say, hey, what is NIL? Well, you know, NIL is name, image and likeness. And what you do from that is that means that kids can now make income based off their name, image and likeness. And uh, it's not uh, you're not getting paid for per play or to what you do on the field or off the field. I mean, on the field. You know, it's, it's really based off your name, image and likeness. So there's a lot of parameters around this thing that we everyone is still trying to understand and learn. And, uh, you know, we've only been in this for six months. So, you know, we're still a lot of room to continue to grow. But uh, we thank people for, for getting involved and want to hear and learn more about it. You can go into ontovictory.com and learn more about it, learn how to subscribe at different levels. So you don't have to be, you know, a millionaire. You don't have to be, you know, a person with a whole lot. If you just want to be a part of this, this part of this given, you know, you can, and you just love Auburn, you know, you just want to be part of Auburn family. You didn't have to be not just an alumni. You can just be a fan or you just be a person that want to be supportive. Like we welcome anybody and everybody, you know, because, you know, this goes to our student athletes that help them with personal situations that they may have going on back at home that a lot of people don't understand. And, and, you know, if we can help take some of the pressures off these young people and allow them to focus on their academics, allow them to focus on, on what they're doing uh, for us from a sports standpoint as well, you know, if we can do that, then we'd like to be able to do that and help them during that three to four years that they're here at Auburn. Absolutely. Part of our mission statement is that we want all of the Auburn family 
to support all of the Auburn student athletes. We're excited that we had a chance to support 13 sports so far, and we hope to get all 21 sports done this year. We've supported over 200 athletes through NIL so far in our six months, and we're excited to continue to expand that. But more about this podcast. So we expect this to be a weekly podcast. Jason will be the host. He'll be on here each week, and we'll have alternating co-hosts. Fortunately for you, you won't have to have me on here every week. It'll just get to be Jason every week with alternating co-hosts that bring something new to the table. Yeah, so we look forward to having everyone to watch these episodes. And like I said, if you're not a subscriber, you'll get a chance to watch a, a good portion of it. But if you fully subscribe, then you'll get a chance to watch the full show. So you know, don't miss a beat. Tune in weekly, watch our podcast, and uh, hope you enjoy getting to know our players and coaches behind the scenes and behind the shields. Absolutely. Well, let's jump into our first session here. Yeah, our first session we got coming up is going to be Coach Freeze, and uh, you would not want to miss it. Uh, you know, say Coach comes from Liberty University. He was an SEC coach at Ole Miss before, so he comes with a, a background of SEC and you know, everyone knows him about his heavily recruiting. And you've already seen the fruits of his labor uh, as quick as he's been here in the last 86 to 90 days since he's been hired. So we get ready to bring you on Coach Freeze. What's up, guys? Appreciate you having me on. Coach, absolutely. Thanks for your time. Yeah, yeah man. Coach, since you've been hired, there's been a lot of a lot of different things. You haven't had any chance to really sit down. I don't even know if you got a place to live in yet. But, uh, <laughs> you know, everyone doesn't realize how much goes into this uh, recruiting and, and bringing in players. Talk about uh, the reflect on the last 90 days, 86 to 90 days since you've been hired. Yeah, it's it's been a whirlwind. It's, uh, you know, taking over a program in this conference is never easy. It's, uh, it's a great, great challenge. And not certainly not for the uh, faint of heart you know it's uh it, you have to be very confident in your plan and and the people that you hire to execute the plan and uh obviously the biggest part of that plan initially is recruiting and we had to hit the ground running in december and january were quite frankly a, a blur and um filled with a lot of long days and trying to build relationships and, and close on a 23 class and then get started on the 24 class that we're behind on also. And so by the time you put together a staff, which I'm still doing that, still have a few, <clears throat> few more play, people to hire to, to get all the pieces and, and play, but um, the, then getting all your family settled and getting a place to live and, you know, truthfully, uh, man, I don't know how anybody does this at this level uh, in the college game without a great wife. And, you know, my wife's incredible. And um, I remember her saying to me when I was saying, babe, I'm sorry, I, I've got to be on the road when all the stuff is showing up. And she just says, this is what I do. And um, talking to the other coaches, I think they have the same feeling. And so we're very blessed to have great spouses that uh, – that pitch in and, and do the majority of the heavy lifting uh, around the outside stuff that has to get done to get your family settled. And I don't do real well unless my family is settled. And so that first 90 days comprised of a lot of recruiting, a lot of staffing, very not near enough with your own team, truthfully. That started in February, which I was excited to get to. But 
Um, now the focus of this month and, and the primary focus of March is, is our team. And so that's, that's pretty much what the first 90 days have uh, been comprised of. Coach, you and your staff did a remarkable job when you got here and landed the class in December and then followed up with the transfer portal additions. Uh, now that the dust has settled and you've started to think about recruiting a, a class for an entire year, uh, what can you tell us about your recruiting philosophy, how you're organizing your staff to go out and, and get the types of players that fit all well, our, our recruiting yet is to develop dynamic relationships with the student athlete and all those involved in their decision-making process. And um, that's changed a bit over the years, truthfully, and I used to depend upon uh, relationships alone uh, winning out in the end. I, I do hope, um, you know, I think I'm pretty much on record and people know my feelings on, I thought the 23 class, um, I thought we, we did well with the time we had, um, but really depending upon the 24 and 25 class, um, hopefully uh, being some of the top classes in the country. And to do that, I think we've got to be relentless about uh, our recruiting efforts to, to close the gap on the, the teams we want to beat on, on the type of student athlete we want to beat. And I think that uh, first, you know, I want to find guys that really fit our culture at Auburn. Um, not that you don't uh, take a shot on some that you're questionable about. And I think you always do that, but I hope it's a small percentage and really anxious to figure out um, having a full year to recruit. Uh, how, how does that really affect their decision-making as opposed to the two and a half weeks we had for the uh, 23 class. So um, really really interested you know we've we've started my i have a 12-month plan for recruiting that we don't vary from and everybody in the building has to be a part of it and uh, we were able to start that in january um again i think we're a little behind on the 24s um, but hopefully we can uh, catch up and not be behind on the 25s so um, the plan has started um it's daily and it's a lot of work. I'll have to uh, spend a lot of time recruiting for sure, along with coaching our team. But um, we're excited to see how the uh, one full year recruiting really, you know, how I feel after that with, with uh, the way these families will make their decision. That's yeah, great. I know, uh, I know I that one of your coaches, Coach, Coach, uh, Cadillac is already out on the phones calling high school coaches, good friend of mine from North Alabama. Already gotten a call from Cadillac, so I know they're doing a great job. We appreciate y'all's efforts. Yeah, that's part of the that's part of the twelve month plan. Really, is you know we we take uh, I don't want to give too much because somebody will copy it, but you know I think we're going the extra mile with not only the families and kids but uh, the coaches, and um, had great great feedback from the high school coaches in Alabama and Georgia and Mississippi. That's the ones we've been able to reach out to thus far, but uh, we'll continue that. Yeah. And coach talking about recruiting, uh, we understand that, you know, Auburn lost some big time guys last year, you know, Derrick Hall and Ecu Leota, and, you know, you lose Owen Papo at the linebacker position, but 
one thing we've done very well uh, since you've been here is is in the transfer portal. You know, we got a you, you won in the trenches. You got a great offensive line. You picked up some great defensive line and you picked up a, a pair of linebackers that was already in the SEC. Talk about, you know, the transfer guys that we got coming in and then also talk about, you know, the importance of getting some of our high school signees that we that's already enrolled in class in January. Yeah, I think we had 21 uh, enrollees in January, which this team needed uh, drastically. I mean, obviously, you don't just replace a Derek Hall or a Papo or Tank Bigsby. You know, th- those those guys are really, really good players. And we, we had to get um, some of the, the trenches settled with some depth. And, you know, how, how good are the ones we signed? We're getting ready to find out. Um, but there's no doubt that we helped ourselves by getting the bodies because we were, uh, we were really shorthanded up front and at linebacker. And, uh, you know, so I think the mid-year enrollees, the 21 guys that we had, a uh, combination between transfer guys and, and high school mid-year enrollees, uh, is going to make spring look quite differently uh, than had we not been able to sign those. So I, I thought it was vital that we uh, were able to do that. Yeah, Coach, t- kind of talking about the spring. So what has been um, what has been the calendar like for our players uh, since they reported back in January up until this point? Uh, they're immersed with our strength staff and our nutritionist uh you know, trying to get them and in, in their bodies to look a little different, to gain weight where needed, to lose weight where needed, uh, their body comps, and obviously the, the conditioning, uh, cardiovascular and core strength and flexibility and change of direction, all those things that we have to get better at in order to compete in this league. That's been their sole focus until this past week. Uh, we get eight hours a week with them now, and uh, Coach Dom started giving us an hour to be with them of the eight uh, for football-specific stuff. So we we got that last week, and we're getting it again this week leading up to you know our first spring practice, which is Monday. And so until these last two weeks, it's been all strength and conditioning and still been primarily that the last two weeks, but also uh, some ball mixed in. Yeah, Coach, you're talking about spring ball. You know, uh, this is the first time I think Auburn's had a spring to start this early. Um, talk about the importance of why you wanted to start spring uh, early this time, uh, starting next week. You know, these guys would be, you know, hitting the field and getting ready. And uh, and what you look forward from from learning about spring once it's done. Oh, well, truthfully, Jason, I didn't set it and would not, <laughs> not have started it this early. It's made for you normally – most staffs are taking quite a bit time uh, time off in February because it's a dead period and you don't get any more in December and January. Uh, I was talking to one of my buddies the other day and he let his staff off for 10 days. And, um, you know, we were not afforded that opportunity because we're a new staff and, heck, we don't know what we're calling inside zone or, or field pressure. You know, we're all looking around. And so we had to hustle in, in February just to try to get on the same page. Um, my preference would be to start spring about two weeks later than what we are. But when I got the job, they had already set the date for uh, a day. And so we had to kind of work backwards from that. So um, next year, I, I would hope that we uh, 
I would like for them to have eight full weeks with the strength staff before we start spring. So hopefully next week we can uh, change the calendar a little bit, but I'm not a big complainer. It is what it is. And so we've got to adapt. And so we have, and we didn't have any time off in February, but, um, but, but we're getting ready to go in spring. As far as, uh, I just, I just know very little about our team and that's, I can't wait to get out in the 15 practices we have and and hopefully talk to you guys after that and I can give you more an accurate reflection. But everyone I've been on with has asked me and I honestly just I, I don't I, I don't feel good about even speculating um, until we get to coach them some. And then uh, after spring, let's get back together and I'll I'll, I'll give you a, a rundown. There you go. That sounds good. We'll take you up on that. Coach. Yeah. Uh, you may not have this figured out either, but Auburn over the last decade or so has had varying formats for their spring game. A day is set for April 8th. Uh, do you know exactly how you want to uh, attack A day yet? Well, I know how I would want to. I would want to the NCAA to grant us what makes common sense and let us scrimmage another team. And that would uh, that would make everything really, really easy. I mean, every other level does it, high school and NFL, they get to – practice against another uh, team at some point and it it really it means 11 of our players are on the field at once instead of 22 and your 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 chances of injury go way down and so by the time we get to April 8th um, we will certainly be thinking man let's get out of this with not losing anyone to injury and so you you take that into consideration with the format and how healthy you are at that point I've done all types um, Probably the – I hope we're healthy enough at that point to still go one-on-ones, twos-on-twos. And um, probably the best format that I've done, if you're able to do that, and I don't know that yet, but if you're able to still do that, probably the best format I've done when if you're going ones-on-ones and twos-on-twos is uh, – is walk in the stadium and on the scoreboard defense is uh, whatever the coordinators feel like over there, but give the defense 24 points. And uh, so they start with a 24 nothing lead and see if the offenses can catch them um, in the four quarters that we play. That's probably the easiest format um, to do. So uh, we'll, we'll see what we're, what it's like at that point. That would yeah. be an interesting, interesting format. We've not had one like that. It's been my favorite. That way you just you keep offense on the side and defense on the side, and it's offense versus defense, and it's and you get to play since they're all on one side. Now the coordinators get to sub whoever you want. It really doesn't matter, um, and it kind of gives you more of a real game feel. And you know, if if you think as a coordinator that the average we want to average on a on a given game is 24 or 21 points, then that means our offense, if that's what we're going to give up, it means we got to score 25 somehow and uh, some way. And um, so that that's probably the easiest to lean toward and everybody can keep up with it. And you're not, well, well you get a point for a first down or something. I'm not into all that. Yeah. And I'm not really into uh, let's play one offense against two defense just so we look good or ones against threes. I, I'm not really into that, man. I'm into let's compete. And so the best way I know to compete is just go good on good and 
that's the simplest format for that if we're able to to do that at that that moment in spring yeah i like i like the the plan coach uh i'm like you though i wish we could scrimmage someone like tuskegee or someone down the street it you just know? would our, our our listener or troy or uab somebody right. playing and, and we coaches can get together and we'll have a quick whistle and we'll have non-contact jerseys for those but I don't know why in the world we can't do that in spring and then at least one in the fall where you're not constantly having 22 of your own guys against each other and your 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 exposure to injury goes up times two right. um, when you're in those scrimmage situations. So I don't know. I'm not sure why we couldn't do that. And my other idea would be for every spring game that when you do that to, to adopt a charity in state. And make a difference like in foster care or orphan care or mm -hmm. just imagine if alabama uh, scrimmage troy and we scrimmage uab or, or or whoever man people would show up for that right everybody give ten dollars and let's all let's give it to the foster care system of alabama and man you'd man you'd immediately make an impact and a dent into the needs of of this state yeah Anyway, that's, I got me on my soapbox. <laughs> that's a great idea. That, that's a great plan. Uh, you know, hey, let us know. We'll try to help push that. Uh, talking about football and talking about NIL, you know, the game is changing. Uh, you know, we I played college ball and gone through. You've been coaching for a long time. And, you know, now NIL is a big part of college sports and to our student athletes. Talk about how do you recruit, uh, you know, with NIL now being a, a big a big part of it? Well, you know, uh, again, this is this is just me talking, and uh, I'm I'm still trying to figure it out, like everyone else is. Um, I think all of us would say that um, we're totally fine with our young men um, creating value for themselves on their name, image, and likeness. I, I don't think uh, I hope they get everything that, uh, that that is coming their way. At the same time. Um, I think what it's been created to be has been distorted some. And I, I just, I think it would be much more um, efficient for what it was created for if it was based upon uh, what they do after they've enrolled at, a, at an institution. And I'm really curious to see having a full year to do it um, how many will make the long-term decision based on the place and the environment and the culture that is best for them um, and what impact uh, name, image, and likeness would have on that. And I don't like the idea of, of, of the name, image, and likeness being the sole factor of, of recruiting. And unfortunately I, I think there's a lot of young men that may be that 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 weighs in the decision quite heavily and really it shouldn't and you know i will say that because of our own the victory campaign and i think we've got one of the best plans out there for us to have a three-year plan of commitments and hopefully at the end of three years this thing has got some more parameters around it but uh, obviously the only thing we're allowed to do um, for incoming 
players is to just give them examples of what's been created on our team. And thanks to Home the Victory, I think uh, we've been very fair in, in that regard. So it's very, very helpful. I just hope that we, with a full year to recruit, can hopefully convince people that Auburn is the right place for them, um, not based on um, just NIL alone, but knowing that that's going to be a part that uh, they're very that we're very fair about uh, once you've come and created that for yourself. Mm-hmm. Coach, we've had a lot of people get involved with Own to Victory. You know, over a thousand people have gotten involved in in some capacity. Um, what would be your message uh, to those who have have not yet gotten involved? Uh, yeah, first, first, thank you for the ones who have, and secondly. We need 10,000 to, to jump in. We, you know, we all love this place. We all love Auburn. We all want to see it succeed. And I would say to those, we need you now more than ever. Um, obviously, it hasn't been what anyone desires the last few years. And for us to close the gap on the teams that they're wanting to beat, uh, it's going to take uh, people joining on to victory. And, um I don't know another way to say it. And, and I know that a lot of our people get hit in a lot of different areas and, and I hate that. I really do. But to sit here and say that, um, that we can do this without on the victory would be pretty foolish statement for me to say. And so, man, I'm hoping we can grow it from a thousand to 5,000 by fall. That would be my hope. So I don't know how we get this out, but I don't whether it's a hundred dollars or whether it's a million dollars that you have, we'll we'll take all we'll take all that you feel comfortable doing. But uh, we certainly need your help uh, to to accomplish everything we want to accomplish. Right, and this and this is a great opportunity for everyone that uh, wants to get involved with Onto Victory. Uh, you know, to sign up and uh, like I said, there's no such thing as too much or too little. Uh, you know, we accept all bids and, uh, and just know that your your finances are going to to cause that help support our student athletes, you know, from stories that you may not even know about. But you would have the opportunity to hear about because you are a subscriber. So at this point in time, as your host, uh, Jason Campbell, I'm going to let those that are non subscribers. Well, we have to let you go at this time. But those that are subscribers, you can continue to, to watch the rest of the show. And that's uh, I strongly ask those that haven't subscribed to do so uh, so that you can continue to listen to all our episodes that we have coming up and listen to them in full and uh, and not miss a beat. So uh, thank you to, uh, to, to the public and now to our subscribers. We will continue on with Coach Freeze and, uh, and enjoy the rest of the show. War Eagle, this is John Cohen and I fully endorse On to Victory and its mission to support our student athletes. Let's all do our part and join On to Victory today. War Eagle. Hello, Auburn family. This is uh, your host, Jason Campbell, uh, former Auburn quarterback. I just want to thank you for your support. As today we continue in our episode, we bring in someone that's really, really special to the softball programs you might want to hear from. But first, I want you to hear from our executive director, Brett Whiteside. Yeah. Hey, thanks for listening again. This is episode one, first episode of the On to Victory podcast. We're excited to get this kicked off. It's going to be a podcast. It gives you behind the scenes with coaches, current athletes, former athletes, 
uh, Auburn personalities from, from around that cover Auburn every day. Excited uh, about this podcast and excited about our next guest. So, Jason, let's introduce her. Yes, let's bring on Matty Pensa. Let's see what she's talking about. Pensa, my bad. Matty Pena. Pensa. Hello. Hello, Matty. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? Hey, I'm doing pretty good. I understand that you're a right arm pitcher. And I've always wanted to ask a softball lady this question because as a quarterback, you know, we used to throw the ball overhand at the ice, our right arms and everything. But as an underarm pitcher, like, talk about, like, what pressure does that put on your shoulders and your, you know, we always talk about arm ligaments and different things. Like, for those out there that don't really understand what it go, what you go through on a day-to-day basis, is there a pitch count in practice? And how do you keep your arm, like, fresh for the next game? So it's pretty understood that baseball pitchers definitely have a little bit more, um, you know, arm torque, so they have more injuries. But still in softball, I think a lot of people don't understand that we have kind of similar issues, especially when you throw a lot. Um, And especially if you throw, you do multiple positions and you throw overhand and underhand, that can cause a lot of problems. but I think a lot of it's just arm care and making sure that you take care of your body, because usually if you do that, you'll be just fine. Um, but typically what Coach Dean has us do is once we reach the 100 pitch mark during a game, he will decide whether or not he wants us to keep pitching. Usually if we have another option or it's not that big of a game, he'll take somebody out. He'll put a new pitcher in um, because – Even just sticking to that 100 pitch mark is pretty good for, you know, arm health. You get tired at that point, too, so you usually don't pitch your best after that. But, um, yeah, for me, it's a lot of arm care every day, every single day. That's great. Maddie, tell uh, tell everybody that's listening that may not know your story, where are you from, why did you choose Auburn, and what's your experience been like so far? So I am from <clears throat> Chesapeake City, Maryland. Uh, yeah, long way away. But <clears throat> sorry. Um, but I chose Auburn because it's a lot like home. It really is. Um, even though I am from so far away, you know, I really appreciated that Auburn had a lot of green space, a lot of trees. A lot of universities actually don't have that. Like it's very almost industrial, very gray. I really liked how Auburn was colorful and, you know, we have trees lining every street, that kind of stuff. So it really did remind me of home. And um, so I grew up in a pretty rural area of Maryland. So it just reminds me of that a lot. The small town, the small campus, and very much the family environment, which is also great. And of course, the coaching staff and the team is also amazing. They're all very supportive and they, you know, do their best every day and they are happy to have me and I'm happy to be around them. Well, Maddie, I say this. Um, I played for Washington uh, when I was up there in in that area. So I know about the DMV. Um, So you got to answer this before I ask you your next question. Are you a Maryland blue crab eater? Yes. Yes, Yes, I am. (laughs) <laughs> Absolutely. I I tell my teammates all the time, like, y'all have not had real crab if you haven't been up towards Maryland right. because it is really different. And, you know, every summer it's kind of a tradition 
for our family, you know, crabs are expensive, but, you know, we try to have them two, three times a summer and usually the whole family gets together for those kind of things. And it's always really special. All right. All right. Well, cool. We'll talk about Maddie. You was all SEC first team 20 in 2022 and, you know, coming into this season, you know, y'all already kicked off. Talk about the season so far, but talk about, is there any pressure that you put on yourself because of being first team SEC or is there just a, you know, is it routine as, as normal where you just have that same mindset going into 2023? So I think that this is always a tough situation to be in, but I always try to just kind of take it day by day. I always think that, you know, I do what I can. I don't ever let it get too big or too small. And, um, I take every game, every practice, every pitch uh, as the most important one. And I kind of place a lot of importance, a lot of effort into everything that I do. And I don't really get wrapped up in, oh, I got to do better than last year. Or I got to, you know, what if I do worse? You know, because as soon as you do that, you're kind of down for the count. Um, and I know that my team needs me to be there as a leader and not to get wrapped up in all of that and just to give my best every day. Um and of course, I continue to, in practice, develop myself, develop pitches, speed, you know, taking care of my body, like I said. Um, as long as I do those things, I think that that's what I need to focus on more so than the outcome. That's great. There's a lot of uh, probably young ladies listening to this and, and their parents, too, that, that are softball players and have aspirations of getting a chance to play at a, at a great SEC school like Auburn. What would your advice be to a young lady who's playing softball and wants to get involved in a, in a college setting? I would say that you definitely have to get out there. You have to, a lot of the times these days, you get recruited from travel ball teams. So I would highly recommend playing on a very competitive travel ball team that um, travels. You know, we had our biggest tournaments and most of the college coaches showed up to tournaments that were in Atlanta. Colorado, California. So you got to make sure you're at those tournaments. And I know that that sometimes is a hassle for parents. So thank, thankful for my parents. Um, but it's just always putting your best foot forward whenever you step on that field. And again, not getting too wrapped up in the fact that coaches are watching if they are. Um, because I did struggle with that a little bit my freshman year of high school. You just got to try to pitch your game and if they like you, they'll like you. <laughs> and um, pretty much another thing I would say that they definitely college coaches absolutely watch is how good of a teammate you are. Um, so always make sure that you're cheering on your teammates, that you're not the one sitting on the bench, um, kind of being quiet. You know, always do your part. Always be the best teammate you can be. And that's the biggest bit of advice I can give you. Well, that's awesome, Maddie. Uh, I can tell right now that you're one of, you know, you're a great role model and, uh, you know, we support you 100 uh, percent. Transitioning just a little bit here to NIL. Talk about, uh, you know, what NIL does for student athletes at Auburn, what it means to you and uh, how it helps you, how it helps you as a player. I think NIL is an absolutely amazing opportunity. And I want to thank On to Victory for giving so many Auburn athletes that opportunity. Um, you know, a lot of us athletes, I would say, are still confused with the whole NIL thing. And I would definitely say for me that on to victory ever since getting involved with you guys last fall. Um, 
it has really helped me to understand more what NIL means and what I'm able to do with that. Um, I think it's a great opportunity for especially, you know, female athletes to make some sort of money off of their name, image, and likeness. And I really think that it's growing female sports and it's kind of, it's bridging some sort of gap because, you know, we have a lot of female athletes that have great NIL deals. And um, I just think that that's awesome to get that opportunity and to, you know, use our presence to not only make income, but also to, you know, spread the word about, you know, female sports. And um, it almost kind of like gets people to come to the games because like ever since a lot of the softball team has created merch. Um, so like shirts, sweatshirts, all that kind of stuff. People are really into that and they all, you know, they're buying it and they're coming to the game to show it off and this and that. It was awesome to see that. Um, so, yeah. Awesome. We'll, we'll make this public announcement uh, via our podcast today, but we, we had a call with you and all of your teammates last week, and I notified your entire team that On the Victory was signing everyone to an NIL deal for this season. Take us back to that room and what the vibe was after everybody uh, heard that news. So I actually was not in that room. I was out at my pitching individual. I was the only one who was not there. Um, so I had the phone playing on the ground while I was pitching. Um, when you guys announced that uh, NIL deal to us. But I remember all of my teammates being super excited when they came out to practice afterwards because um, my pitching individual was right before practice. But um, they were all super excited, and especially for those freshmen who haven't had an NIL deal yet. It's a great opportunity for them. Um, and also, I believe it was working with a travel ball team. So just being able to you know help the community, help fans, help young girls, um, and kind of get – Auburn softball on the map in other places because I think it was a travel ball team from North Carolina, right? Yeah, it was actually it's a really unique uh, NIL deal. We had a donor come to us that that uh, made the contribution to the softball team, and the purpose was to allow y'all to kind of help mentor some young ladies as they're coming through. They're actually going to attend one of your games this year, and they want uh, they want to hear more about your stories and how they can aspire to be collegiate athletes like you. So I thought that was a really cool NIL deal. Yes, it is an awesome opportunity. And to that donor, who I guess is anonymous? He's anonymous. Spooky. <laughs> um, but uh, just I want to thank whoever that is. Um, because, again, I love working with younger girls when we have camps. I also give pitching lessons. Um, in my free time. I just love working with younger girls and being able to spread, especially pitching, because honestly, I don't know too much about hitting and fielding, but um, <laughs> pitching is kind of my uh, my thing. So I love teaching younger girls about pitching, but again, like I said, just being able to get out there and help young fans and you know promote Auburn softball, um, not just on the softball field, but you know, as good people. Absolutely. Well, we're uh, we're excited to support you and the rest of the softball team. Uh, as I referenced, we had a donor that, that wanted to step up and support softball. And any of our Auburn fans can, can choose any sport that they would like to donate to. And 
they can do that by going to oldvictory.com and choosing softball when they uh, make their donations. But Maddie, thank you for being a great Old Victory athlete, for being a great Auburn student athlete, representing Auburn the right way. And thanks for all you do. Hey, hey. Maddie, and before we let you out of here, Maddie, we got to get you these rapid fire, quick five questions, quick answers. I'm actually going to add one more to it, so it's going to be six. But I think you're ready. I think you can knock all of them out within a matter of 15 to 20 seconds. So okay. first one, what is your nickname? Penza. Penza, okay. What do you what do you do to calm your butterflies before you compete? Um, I do sprints. Okay. What is your favorite food to eat the night before a competition? Sushi. Oh. Do you have any rituals or superstitions? I wear my belt backwards. Okay. What is your favorite place to eat in Auburn? Um, sushi Hero. It's a sushi place. <laughs> and what are you studying and why? I am studying public relations because I think that it would help. I mean, not only will my NIL experience help with that, but I would also love to either go into coaching or sports PR, um, sports marketing, same, same genre, um, kind of doing what Andre Victory is doing. And I would just love to be continue my work in sports and be able to – you know, help athletes like myself. Awesome. Well, thanks, Maddie, for coming on to the On to Victory podcast. We appreciate everything that you do. Continue much success and uh, War Eagle. War Eagle, thank you. War Eagle, thank you. War Eagle, everyone. College athletics is changing, and the Auburn family will respond. On to Victory is the NIL collective of the Auburn Tigers, and they're leading the way. I encourage everyone to go to ondervictory.com. Hey, Auburn family, let's continue to make a tremendous difference in the lives of these student athletes. War Eagle. War Eagle. Hey, Auburn family, uh, this is Jason Campbell, your host for On to Victory podcast. Uh, today, we have a great treat uh, for you guys. And, uh, you know, we don't want to wait any more longer so than he's already had. So, you know, I want to bring in right now, welcome you to our softball head coach, Coach Mickey Dean. How you doing, War Eagle? War Eagle. Thanks for having me. Yes, sir. Appreciate having you on. Uh, everyone knows it's a exciting time in uh, in softball for for your team. I know last year, you know, you had some freshmen that made a big impact. Um, you know, you had a quality of freshmen that made a big impact. And you know, talk about some of the leadership that you see on this team right now, and then what you expect from that freshman class leading into this year in their sophomore season. Well, you know, uh, I'm a true believer in that uh, leaders are made, not born. And uh, yeah. we spent a great deal of time in the fall and uh, the month of January uh, doing a leadership class. It's a 30 day class. And uh, we did that as a team. And it really helped uh, those players recognize the strengths of each individual and what they bring to the table. And I think that's important because, you know, you can't be it's difficult to be strong in every area uh, as a leader. And what that brought out is, is, is the strengths of each individual. And uh, our senior class, uh, I think, really benefited the most from that class. And uh, we do weekly meetings with them now, along with our captains. 
And uh, we just want to make sure we stay on the same page uh, as a group. And uh, so uh, that's been really helpful. And then, of course, you know, the last two years we've had large freshman classes in our recruiting classes. And so I think that helped them as well. It's uh, helping their development. Uh, you know, uh, in the past uh, past year or so, it's been, um, you know, underestimated. A young group of players who were underestimated. And now they want to turn into those players who are being feared when they step on the field. So it's, uh, it's a unique transition and one that uh, I think they've embraced very well. All right. If you had to look at your team, you know, on a daily basis, you see your team in practice and, and everything, talking about what you think the strength of our, our softball team is this year? Uh, really, I think their commitment to each other. That's, that's really what I think their strength is. Um, they seem really committed to, uh, to the process. And, and, and I, knew, I know these are a lot of cliche words and, yeah. and things that we use in coaching and in business and so forth. But uh, I really like the buy-in and the commitment they have to each other uh, because that leads to self-accountability which is the ultimate, you know, you have accountability, you have to be accountable, accountable to this person, accountable to the program, but really what you're trying to lead it up to is self accountability. And we've had, it's been a really nice process and growth in that area. Uh, but not just in softball, uh, in the way that they carry themselves in the way that they relate to, our fan base uh, in the way that they um, do their NIL deals. Uh, everything that they do is, is at a much uh, higher level than, than in the past. And that's important. Uh, like I said, when I played at Auburn, one thing we always talked about was the camaraderie that we had with our teammates. And, you know, it wasn't just on the field. It was about what we did off the field and, you know, spending time with one another and, and just like I said, holding each other accountable. You know, if one person's late, everyone's late. And right. those are the things that help build, you know, strong character teams and, you know, help you get to the championships and, and compete at a high level. Right. Uh, so, you know, I commend you because we had Maddie Penta on yesterday. And, uh, you know, she she was awesome. And, uh, you know, we was excited about getting a chance to interview her. And, you know, another one, young lady I want to talk about on your team is uh, Brie Ellis. You know, mm -hmm. she had an incredible freshman year. She shattered the record of home runs. She had 20 last year, and I think it was the third most uh, in SEC history. So can you talk a little bit about Bree's strength as, as a hitter? Well, you know, she's a strong kid, and uh, she doesn't have to have a real powerful swing to send that ball a long ways. <laughs> and uh, for her, it's, it's staying on plane. If she stays on plane and she makes contact, it's coming off the bat hard. Yeah. And, you know, uh, we have a couple of kids. Bree's one of them. When it comes to hitting, they're, they're very professional in their approach and the adjustments that they make, and they're very coachable. And when you see those things in a young player, you know that the, the, the limit is, uh, is going to be pretty high. And uh, so it's, it's nice to see her continue to do that this year. You know, she uh, – I don't think she hit her first home run until about, I don't know, seven, eight games into the season. Mm -hmm. But uh, she was hitting a lot of doubles. 
and she doesn't strike out a whole lot. So it, it still makes her dangerous. And, you know, one of the things we talk about is if, if your opponent fears you and thinks you're dangerous, then they're going to make mistakes. Mm-hmm. And then it's up to you to capitalize on those mistakes. All right. Yeah, it's just like hitting a golf club. You know, it's all about the contact. Sometimes yeah. everyone thinks it has to be the the one that swings the hardest, but right. most of the time it's just the one that hits that get the right smooth swing with the right contact. Yeah, I've hit a lot of balls three hundred plus yards <laughs> to the right and to the left. Right, it's difficult to get that to go down the middle. <laughs> exactly, exactly. We all know that played a little bit of golf and uh, and played a little bit of baseball as well. Coach, you, you, you talk about your players and like I say, you have an exciting group and, you know, Auburn fans are so excited and, you know, our listeners are listening. If you could pick out maybe one or two players that you think are ready to take a leap on this program uh, that you see this season, who are two players that you think our Auburn fans should, should keep an eye on? Well, you know, I, I think that door's open to all of them because of the growth that they've had, not just in softball, but just as individuals. Uh, but, you know, two, two that, uh, really jump out uh, in in early play so far this spring. Uh, one you've mentioned is Maddie Penta. Uh, she continues to grow a, a, as a pitcher. You know, each year we've added a pitch to uh, to her repertoire to where she she can command it. And uh, you know when you get when you're able to reinvent yourself as a pitcher every year because of something you can add to it, uh, it just makes you that more lethal. And then the other player who's who's really put her entire game together has been Nelia Peralta. Uh, and, you know, we've moved her into that leadoff spot because no matter where, where she's in the lineup and how, where she's batting, her approach is the same. And, you know, some players, depending on where they are in the lineup, they approach the game a little differently. And what we like about her is that uh, she doesn't change her approach. And, and and her defense, she's very confident in her defense at, right now and has shown great growth there. Uh, and it's really nice to see, a, you know, players go from their freshman to their sophomore year and to see that growth. All right. Yeah, and that's the thing about it. I always tell people, you know, freshmen come in that first year is kind of learning how to how to just get the basics down, right? You know, just uh, getting a feel for everything and a feel for your teammates, and you know, understand the SEC SEC play. You know, it, it is a high level of softball when you look at these games on TV and you see the pitching that goes on. And I tell people, you know, the the biggest thing about you know softball is is the competition level is all time high. And yeah, uh, watching those games and you know, what do you think about the SEC as a whole this year from the football <laughs> tournament? It's tough. It's tough when you, you know, when you take a look and, 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 uh, you know, you're in the top 20 in the country mm-hmm. and, uh, you're barely breaking the top 10 in the SEC. Um, <laughs> uh, that, that tells you a lot right there. Uh, it's a very competitive conference. It's played at a very high level. It's extremely difficult to win on the road, as you know, in any sport in the SEC. Uh, the fan bases at, at all the venues, uh, you know, they're all bought in. Uh, so, it, yeah, it's, it's, it's extremely high. You have, you have the best pitching, you have the best hitting. Um, and, you know, you may have certain teams in a conference uh, that can compete. Mm-hmm but you don't have 13 teams in your conference. And, and that's what we have uh, with softball. 
uh, I forget how many years in a row, all 13 teams made the NCAA postseason. Mm. And uh, I think the fewest we've ever had since I've been here has been 12. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it's a battle. It's a grind. Oh, yeah, it's definitely a battle. Uh, like I tell everyone, you know, just, you know, that's why SEC, it just means more. You know, people think we just say that, but uh, just to get out of your own conference, you know, is 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 huge. And Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Talk about recruiting for softball, like the competitiveness of recruiting when it comes to softball. Well, it's very competitive. You know, um, uh, the, the one thing we had to do or we did – uh, a decent job of is we sold a vision uh, of what where we thought our program would be in three to four years and um, and our, our our recruits understood that and they saw who else we were talking to who we were bringing in and they really wanted to be a part of that uh, you know the, the the difference between coaching now and coaching 25 30 years ago is uh, our kids are so visual now. And so the, the facilities are a huge part of your recruiting at this point. Uh, the campus itself recruits itself, and then it comes down to your facilities. And so you want to make sure that you're, you're keeping up. You don't necessarily have to have the best facility in the country, but you have to have a facility that uh, – is appeasing to the eyes of the recruits and to the parents. And we've really been working hard uh, the last year and a half to, to really improve our, our softball facilities. And we're making huge, huge steps there. Uh, it's a beautiful facility now. And uh, our fans talk about it. You know, we've had our first home games this past weekend and, and our fans and our players, it's, it's, it's a beautiful venue. Yeah, that's awesome. Like I said, uh, you know, all the subscribers and, and Auburn family that's listening to this podcast right now, you're, you know, you're tuning in to head coach Mickey Dean. Uh, you hear the importance it is the from fans to be at games and to support yes. these young women, you know, and how much you feed off of that. And before we shift gears to our next two questions, before we let you go, just tell the fans and the people that support Auburn what it what it what it means to have that stadium full for a home game. Oh, it means everything. Uh, it really does. Uh, you know, um, <laughs> it's, it's, it's just the energy level and, and our kids, our, our players, you know, they want to play for the fans. They really do. And when, when the stadium is full, um, the energy level is extremely high. All right. And, you know, we went down to Florida the first weekend, um, and played, played at a venue uh, but we had probably the largest fan support there. Uh, our games were, were packed. And so we want to see that at our at our home events as well. And, uh, you know, we've even we even uh, I, I spoke with the cheer program. Mm -hmm. And, you know, for the first time, you're going to come to a softball game and you're going to have cheerleaders leading cheers on, on top of the dugout. And, and it's been amazing. It's just it's just a great atmosphere. And the fans are what make the atmosphere. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, mean, I tell you what, Coach, uh, you know, everyone knows now that NIL is a big part of uh, college sports to our student athletes. And 
you know, your team just got some big news the other day that, you know, on to victory now will be able to, you know, take on all your players that's on your softball team. Talk about the importance of NIL and what it means to your student athletes. Well, it, you know, it, it's excitement is what it is. It's, um, you know, uh, when you're when you're able to put something together for the entire team, mm -hmm. it um, it adds it adds a value. Everything has value, and it and it adds that value. Uh, and you know, to be able to to provide some of those things uh, through NIL that some of these players may not have uh, access to. You know, because we're not a headcount sport. So we have some kids on our team that are paying their own way and doing all the same work, all the same, you know, weight room, conditioning, practice, all that stuff. And so uh, the the NIL really helps in that area, especially when we can do it as a team and, and makes it gives value um, you know, they all have value, but it, it just makes them feel different. All right. And so when we were able to announce the uh, NIL deal, uh, you could just see you could see the shoulders raise a little bit. Oh, yeah. And uh, and it was exciting for our team. Yeah. So subscribers, you, you hear how important it is to, you know, support our student athletes. And, you know, because everyone thinks a lot of these kids have four rides and it's <laughs> the case for every sport. Um you know, so a lot of these kids have to pay their own way or pay partial. And yes. you know, you, with what you do to help your generosity, to help our student athletes, it takes a lot of pressure off these kids and their parents. Uh, and it helps keep Auburn competitive, you know, Very. in a great uh, in a great site in the SEC and nationally. And, Coach, we just commend you for all you've done uh, for the university and what you continue to do. Like I say, you're one of the only coaches to take three programs to the NCAA tournament. Uh, you know, you are to be commended for your efforts and, and everything. And we appreciate you coming on our show today. And uh, we look forward to hearing great things and uh, moving forward. What's one last thing you want to leave with our subscribers and our fans? Don't miss. If you have an opportunity to watch this team play, don't miss it. Don't miss it. You'll be sorry at the end. Well, I, I, I value that. And uh, so everyone. Get out, support our Auburn softball ladies team. Uh, they're doing great things. There's a lot of great talent out there. And like Coach said, let's get behind this group and push them. And at home, at home, let's make it hard for our opponents when they come into our stadium. Coach, thank you for coming on. Thank you for your time. And we wish you the best. War Eagle. Thank you, War Eagle. All right. Thank you, Auburn family, for allowing me, Jason Campbell, as your host. Brett Whiteside is your executive director of On to Victory NIL. We would like to thank you for your support and your generosity. Uh, stay tuned to our next episode next week. We will have another player and coach coming on board. So stay tuned in so you would know exactly who that is. Continue to do what you do and watch what you do, but do it for the best from your heart. Auburn family. War Eagle. War Eagle.